we're going to be doing now is we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 through verse 23. You have your notes there if you want extra credit. If you want to be a good student here, you have your notes to fill in there. Okay, so get your note sheets out there. The reason we do that is because you remember if you take notes. You don't remember as much if you don't take notes. So what we're going to do now is we have the opportunity to dive in to one of the most important letters that has ever been written in the history of the world. And because of that, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to read publicly the scripture. Stand to your feet with me. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they've had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. And you've died with Christ, and he sets you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise, but they require strong devotion and pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, for they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. You may be seated. Father, thank you. And as we read in Psalms, in the stillness we cry out to you that we may know that you are our God. Pray that you'd forgive us for how we forget you in subtle ways. When we feel small, we feel overwhelmed. You are our God. You are our fortress. You are strong and you are all-powerful and you are all-wise and you are all-present. And Father, when we don't know what to do, we don't know what's going on around us, may we always know that you are with us. Thank you that in these moments, uh, you never leave us alone, but you showed up in our world and our brokenness. And Father, as we turn to your word, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding and make your word come alive and speak to us things we need to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. And so here we are in the book of Colossians. If you're new and you're joining us, let me catch everybody up to speed. Paul's in prison and he's uh, giving information and it's really more than information. They're actually hearing the very voice of God through the word of God here. So what is he, what's he doing? He's unpacking these amazing theological truths. He's unpacking these incredible life lessons that will absolutely change your life. So Paul here, he's like the father. He's like the dad. He's like the coach then who was coaching them because they're facing what's called the Gnostic heresy there. These whacked out teachers that have these whacked out ideas, but they're beginning to influence and potentially take root in this church in Colossae. So he's telling them to learn to think for themselves. And so what he does here is he's going to give them three things, three counterfeits that can undermine them, undermine their relationship with God. So Paul is coaching them up, saying, don't get derailed. Okay, and he's warning them. He's wanting to expose these phony teachings. He's saying, beware of these counterfeits. These are three things that will, will, will undermine so that you can't keep it real with God. 
So he says in verse 16, don't let anyone condemn or judge you for what you eat or drink. In other words, he's saying this, watch. He's saying this, don't let anyone umpire over your life. Don't allow anyone to set themselves up as the umpire. By that, I mean that they look at your life and they go, what? That's a ball. Ah, I like that. That's a strike where what they're doing is they're making you feel less than. They're making you feel inferior here. And so and it was all about diet and days. And so these false teachers are imposing upon them uh, uh, legalism there and saying, hey, Paul says, don't buy it. Don't let anyone do that to you. Don't accept what they're trying to do to you. Don't let them judge you and mess with your head and mess you up and trip you up. He says, so look at, they're trying to get you to check all their legalistic boxes and all the rules and all that. Don't go there. And what they were saying was this here, saying like, you, they think they're more spiritual because they eat veggie dogs rather than in and out. Come on, somebody, if you agree, say double-double. I'm feeling it right now, actually. And so they're all about their diet rules, and watch this, you know. So somebody says, hey, can I come over to the house, you know? We're going to come over, yeah. Uh, you just need to know, you just need to know about me that I only eat kosher. So I thought, I'm going to use that word. I better find out what it means. So I Googled it to find out what kosher means. But you know, so it's like no pork, no bacon. Then you invite your, your, your buddies over for the game on, on, on Sunday. And you know what? Life is better with bacon. Come on. Life is better with it. They're all about the bacon. Like they can't get enough bacon. Bring on the bacon, baby. Don't let anyone judge you for what you eat. He's saying there's no holy food. There's no holy days out there. And so your spirituality, it's not defined. You know, your relationship with God, it's not defined by whether or not you eat pork or you go to in and out Okay. So you with me? I'll take a number three. Grilled onions and extra sauce. So, because what they were doing was this. This this is what they're doing. They're saying, you know what? The kingdom of God, it's all about diet and drinking. I beg you that Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, that the kingdom of God is not about what you eat and drink, but about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, is what that comes out here. And so if you say, well, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't eat, you know what, in and out. Hey, great. It's just more for me. All right. So enjoy. So in your notes there, number one, number one in your notes is watch out for legalism. Legalism is this, is Jesus plus something. Fill it in human works there and fails to recognize that God's grace God's grace has made us acceptable to him, not by works of righteousness that we have done. And so, so they're playing this game here. And people still play the game today. Don't they play the game today? I'll tell you, when I first experienced the game, and so they don't give this person a name, so I've got to give them a name. I'm going to call this gal legalistic Lucy, okay? So what happened was, is, uh, this is before I met my wife. This is not my wife. And so, uh, what happened was, is that I asked her out on a date. Okay, so we went out on a date. It was Marie Callender's down off Alabama when it was there back in the day. And so I, um, I, there was a big game on, right? A big game. And so I thought, I'm just going to excuse myself for a sec. Go check the score. I'll be right back. I did that. I got up. I wasn't gone a minute. 
I literally went like this. I literally went like this. I walked in, you know, and I looked to, you know, I looked to see the score. I went about like this and I went back. Well, she could see me doing that, okay? She saw me do that. So I came back, and I couldn't believe it. She was so upset. I mean, the tension was was palpable. And so she's like ticked off, hot, mad, steaming mad at me. So I said, what did I do? And she said, it's the Sabbath. I said, okay, and... No watching TV on the Sabbath. I said, okay. Now, was that in first opinions or second opinions in the Bible? Like, where did that come from? Where did that come from again? No watching TV on the Sabbath. And so, okay, got it. And then uh, shortly thereafter, uh, we're taking a little cruise Saturday morning, you know. And, you know, sometimes you just get the urge for a donut. Anybody with me? You just, you just got, you got to have a donut, right? It hit me. I had to have a donut. I said, let's go get a donut. Again, the tension in the car, it escalates. And I'm like, what did I do? What now? What did I do? You know? And so I'm like, and I can just feel it. And so, uh, no buying donuts on the Sabbath. I said, well, I'm going to buy a donut on the Sabbath. So so I really ticked her off even more. I pulled in and I found a donut shop. I pulled in and she's hot mad again. I said, time out, time out. I said, look, you just sit right there. You, this is exactly what I said. You leave all the sinning to me. <laughs> Before God, that's what I said. You leave all the sinning to me. I'll go get the donuts. So I go in the store. I get the donuts. Got the pink box. Maybe half dozen donuts or so. As soon as I walk back in, her mitts are on the donuts and smashing them in her kisser right there. She couldn't wait to eat the donuts. And so I'm thinking to myself, you're an accomplice to my sin. You're an accomplice. So anyway, so that's my experience with uh, legalistic Lucy there. So in your notes there, legalism is God's laws plus my laws. God's laws plus my rules. God's laws plus my self-made religion. It's man-made rules that people think make them more acceptable to God. Hey, here's how you vote. Be like me. Do it this way. See, it's all about keeping the extra biblical rules here. So legalism says this. This is what legalism says. You know, God, you're pretty good. You're really pretty good. And those rules are... They're pretty good. But you know what? You could use a little help. And uh, you're welcome. You could use a little help, God. And so I'm here to help. And so, uh, God, I just want to, you know, just want to give you some help. We're just going to add some extras to that, you know. And so, uh, uh, so when she told me that God would not bless the donuts, even though she ate them, I wanted to ask her now, okay, now, where is it in the Bible again where you don't eat donuts on the Sabbath? Is that first Fleshalonians or is that second Fleshalonians there? But it didn't matter, you know. And so legalism, God's laws plus my laws. Now, people do this to, 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 um, uh, so that they look superior. And that's what was happening in the culture here. And so now it's not talking about, not talking about 
where the Bible, where we have the commandments, okay? Those are God's loving guardrails placed over our lives here because God knows our propensity toward sin. God knows that there are things which are going to destroy our lives. That's not what it's talking about. This is talking about taking the Sabbath and what they did is they added 600 extra rules on what God meant by the Sabbath here. And so how did this happen to legalistic Lucy? I know in her life, it was the culture she grew up in. And so it was such a rigid, highly defined, restrictive culture that she grew up in that. And it was just kind of coming to expression. But what about someone else? How do they become so legalistic? You know, how does legalistic Larry get there? You know, well, maybe he had an, maybe he had an issue with alcohol. Maybe he has an issue with porn. Maybe he has a food addiction or who knows what it is. And so maybe he struggled stumbled, and in your notes there, number two, he makes a rule. And this is what people do, and it's fine. You can make your own rules. Make all of your own rules that you want to make. And so that's what happens, though, is that people begin to make rules, though, and place their rules on someone else. Oh, I can't believe it. You've got, like, a six-pack of Bud Light in the fridge. Only one is allowable, you know. That's all I can handle because I have a vulnerability there. And so no six-packs, only one. Or the or the legalist can say, you can, there's a church in San Bernardino. said, in bright, bright words, we only read the, the old King James here. We only preach the old King James. I thought, well, that's great. Nobody understands uh, the old King James. But so... Or, you know, we only eat Christian Reformed chicken. And so you have to eat Christian Reformed chicken because uh, or you can only listen to, you know, you're not listening to K-Wheel? I can't believe, you know, you're listening to the other stuff there. And so uh, anyway, so a guy may say, you know what, I, I, I go home, I download stuff from the Internet that I shouldn't have, so I can't have the Internet in my house. That's your rule? That's fine to have that rule, but don't make it everybody else's rule. See, and then legalists, what they do is they want to slam a verse on everything. So I'm talking to a a legalist on steroids about a month ago, and the legalist says to me, you should not let a certain type of people in the church. You don't let them in, do you? And I said, what? I said, of course, they're more than welcome. And he said, oh, that's defiling the whole church. I says, no, the whole church is defiled when you show up. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, I, I was just kind of had it with him. And so I says, you know what? I said, you are wrong and I am right and they are welcome and you are not. And he said, let's have lunch. Let's have lunch, brother, and talk about this. I says, no, we're not having lunch. I'm not meeting you for lunch. You're wrong. I'm right. You need to get over it. But you get these people like, oh, I got a verse. Like, that's just complete nonsense, his verse there. So anyway, but this is what people do. And so number three, he demands that others adopt his rules. He had a rule and he wanted me to adopt it for the whole church here. And so um, so then the point is this, is God gets to make rules for everybody. But you don't get to make rules for everybody. I don't get to make rules for everybody. God can do that. You can make rules for yourself, but don't make them everybody's rules. That's what the legalist does. Don't let anyone judge you. And number four, then they judge whoever doesn't follow their rules. In your notes, number four, he judges those who doesn't obey the rules there. And so, you know what? I think a little hot button area I just want to address 
uh, briefly before we go on to the next point, and that is the area of Christian education. And people say, well, you know what? Uh, Christian education, private school, public school, home school, charter school, faith-based school. You know, what is the official posture of Sanctuary Church about education? We believe children should be educated. Any of the above, for sure. But take your pick. And so... Uh, you make the decision per child per year. Here's what I know to be true. Is it circumstances change, needs change, uh, progression through seasons of life change, maturity changes, schools change, strengths, weaknesses, preferences. And so uh, every parent ha- does their own research. They're filled with wisdom, you know, asking God for that and the Holy Spirit. And they decide. They decide. But don't kind of take, you know, what you want and like project that, that everybody has to do that. So, we make the own, our own decisions there. You know, like some people say, well, um, can Christians dance? Well, look in the group here this morning. I would say some can and some can't. <laughs> and it's really fun, you know, but the speaker's not very good, but it's really fun. And so anyway, so he continues, verse 17. For these rules, what rules? They're legalistic rules, ceremonial rules from the legalists. Are not are only shadows of the reality yet to come. Christ Himself is that reality. So I just ask you by a show of hands, being transparent here, we're in church this morning. So telling the truth, is there anyone here by a show of your hand that you have a picture at your house of a shadow only of a person that you love, a shadow only? Of a person that you look at the hands going up everywhere, all around the room. Yeah, you don't, do you? You don't have you don't have pictures of shadows. Why don't you have pictures of shadows? Because you want to have the substance. You want to have the substance from which the shadow emanates. We're not we're not about shadows. We're about the substance, and that's what he's saying here. He says, "Look, yeah, the shadow is not really a big deal. It's the substance that is the big deal here. The substance creating the shadow rules." are like the shadow. Jesus is the reality here. The shadow is only the reflection of something greater. There are some things here that look religious, but they're just a reflection, a shadow of something that is greater. They can have the appearance of spirituality, but again, it's just a shadow pointing to the substance of Christ, who is the real deal. So the false teachers, this is what they're doing here. They're all about the non-essentials. They're all about the externals, and they're ignoring and missing the reality of Jesus. And so they're caught up in the ceremonial aspects of the law, and they miss the one to whom the ceremonies and the laws were pointing And we can do the same thing today. So in your notes there, don't replace reality with rules. See, you can look the part. You can look the part and be a hot mess on the inside. It's true. And so don't look the part and have no love for God on the inside here. See, it's easy to follow the rules, what he's saying, and lose the reality of a love relationship with Jesus. That's his point here. And so there's a lot of shadows which are cascading off of Jesus. But once you know him, once you meet him, okay, then the shadow doesn't really matter. Then you want the substance, the reality of Christ here. And so now we're transitioning in the next verse 
away from the legalist, the legalist, legalistic Lucy, and, and all. Now we're transitioning to the, the, the hyper spiritual group in verse 18. Don't let anyone disqualify you by insisting on pious self-denial or worship of angels, saying that they have had visions and these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. So what he's saying is this here. He's saying like, look, there are those in the church, and this is what they were doing. They're saying, okay, look, look, look. We know, okay, we know like on Sundays, like Rod comes, he does his thing. We, we know that. But what you need to know is that, okay, some of you, you're doing, you're splashing around in your little floaties, you know, in the shallow end of the pool. And there you are in the little shallow end of the pool doing your Bible study and you're doing your prayer and your little groups and all that. But we want to take you to the deeper end. We want to take you to the deep end. And so uh, what you need to have, have experience is a whole nother world. We want you to experience things that, that you've never experienced. Okay, dreams and visions and angels. And we'll take you to the deep end of the spiritual life here if you'll just follow us. And so Paul then is writing about them. You know, he's talking about people that go, oh, you know, the wind shifted, you know. I'm following the Spirit, you know. And so that kind of a, of a mentality here. And so he said, you know, false humility, worship of angels, visions. They're like, oh, we're so humble. We can't even go to God. We got to like go to, go to the angels, you know. And they're hyper focused on the angels here and, uh, and hyper focused on visions and all. And so they're not just about, um, they're about experiencing God, but they would leave Jesus out of the equation. That was the problem here, the root of the problem. And so to have supernatural encounters and spiritual experiences. And so do we want that? Absolutely you want to experience God. But you don't want to experience God and go off on a tangent here where you miss Jesus. And so what happened is this. What happened is this. Is they were kind of pursuing kind of a spiritual mysticism is what it was there. And so here's the journey that they take. The person, they start out good. They want to experience God. Is that good or is that good? Of course, that's good. But then they create a spiritual experience that doesn't lead necessarily to Jesus. And that's where people can go sideways in the, you know, in the church today. And so where do you land with that? Like, where do you, how do you figure that out? Like dreams, visions, all that stuff, experience, you, you know, verse the scripture. How, how do you know where to land? Well, you always go back to like, well, what did God, where did God tell us to land? Well, it says in Joel chapter two, that in the last day, it says the Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to do some amazing things. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And people are going to have dreams and visions. It's going to be awesome. So that, so that will, could be a part of life. Dreams and, and visions that God, God gives you. And so, but you balance that, like with Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 28, that says this. He that has a dream, let him tell his dream. But he that has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff, the less valuable part, to the wheat? What is the chaff, the dream, to the wheat, the word? So that's where, that's where, where we land. Is a yes, dreams, visions, you know, God bring them on. But we're always driven back to what has God said because the greatest value is already there that God has already spoken to us. And so they were chasing an experience not Jesus, okay? And so, and they make you feel like you're inferior if you don't have the experience. Oh, you, 
You mean you've never fill in the blank? They're like, oh, you're like a junior high, like, you know, Christ follower. You know, we're var- you're like junior varsity. We're like varsity because of our experience. You know, and they can make you feel, they can make you feel uh, inferior there. And so just know this. There's no junior varsity in the kingdom. Everybody, all followers are varsity. And so, um, so that's where we land. Jesus said it's a wicked and a adulterous generation that just seeks a sign. And so, as a Christ follower, you're not about seeking signs. You're about seeking Him. And then, as Joel said, signs may follow you, but you just follow Him. Verse 19. And they, okay, uh, are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for He holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. And so, Here's the point. Here's the point. Is stay connected to the head. How many people know that if you lose your head, it's a bad day? Yeah, it's a bad day. Lose your finger, you could survive. Lose a toe, lose an ear, lose a limb. You could still survive. Lose a head, bad day. And so I was saying like, look, don't lose the head in the midst of all the rules they're making and all. Stay focused on the head, Jesus Christ. And he's the one that ties it all together like ligaments. What do ligaments do? Connects a bone to a bone. He connects the body together. We, the, the, the body here. And so he's saying, look, spiritual life apart from the head, it's not, it's not good. You got to stay connected to Jesus. And growth happens in a group. Okay, corporally and individually here. And so, but it's Jesus who supports and holds us together and brings the growth there. And so, church was not meant to be an experience. Let me say this for some of you, maybe this has been your experience. Church is not meant to be an experience where you come, where you just, you know, you don't engage anyone then during the week. Just come, sit, you know, enjoy the show, sneak out, and that's your experience. That's your, you're meant to be connected like a ligament, like, you know, one bone connected to another bone held together by ligaments. That's how you're to, you're to be connected in this great, uh, body of Christ here. So at the core is being connected like a body. And so he goes on to say there in verse 20, he says, and you've died with Christ, and he sets you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why would you keep following the rules of the world? Don't handle, don't taste. Rules, rules, rules. Just negative rules here. Again, these false teachers, all about rules and rules on top of the rules. And so they're adding to the Bible here an attempt, you know, to, to, to be spiritual here. And so the false teachers were telling people they needed to do certain things themselves. And Paul says, look, the reality is the rules are selfish. They're lacking of any real value. The rules don't work is what he's saying here. And so God wants to have relationship with you in the context of of with Christ, relationship with him, not about the rules. Now, having said that, when Jesus changes your life, on the inside, it's, it will change how you live on the outside. But it's driven by, by an internal change. Verse 22. The rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. He said, look, the source, 
It's not God. It's not godly origin. The source here is just human, you know, teachings. The rules don't come from God, just from human traditions and commands and all. And lastly, verse 23. And these rules may seem wise. You hear them and you think, you know, sounds plausible. Sounds like maybe that might good be a good point. Sounds almost a little compelling there. They may seem wise because it may appeal to you. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta really, we need your devotion here of, we need you to be, you know, self-denial, gotta be disciplined. And that kind of, all right, I, that, that, that seems plausible. Watch. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. So he's saying this. You need to stop playing these games here. Stop beating yourself up here. Uh, your energy and your flesh, it's not going to get you closer to God here. Just because, you know, you, with your, your bodily appetites, you said no once, you know, to sex, you said no to food, or you said no to whatever. That's not necessarily going to get you closer to God here. And he's dealing with what's known today as a poverty theology, which is where uh, if you have less, you're closer to God here. This is no, that's not it. Where they would say, you know, if you really loved God, you wouldn't sleep on that nice, you know, mattress here. You'd sleep on a dirt floor. If you really loved God, you wouldn't have that nice house. You know, you'd live in, you'd live, you know, in a sleeping bag. You know, saying like, no. He said, so what happened to this person here? This kind of killjoy person here in your notes. This person experienced maybe overindulgence, which concludes like, oh, you know, there's been abuse there. And so they conclude that the body's dangerous. And that was purported by the Gnostic heresy, that the body was evil. And so you had to deny yourself. And then lastly, they would try to atone for all of that uh, through suffering. And so the big point is this. The big point is this. Stay connected to the head. The Bible says that all things have been created for us to, to freely to enjoy. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So remain connected to the head. Find freedom. Find wisdom for life in Christ. And so find strength. Pursue godly living through Him. And so and rely on Him this week. So let me summarize all of that. All of that to say this here. Make Jesus your focus. Make Jesus your focus. What is the Christian life? Ultimately, the Christian life, it is not Jesus plus, plus rules. It's not Jesus plus your extra spiritual experiences. It's not Jesus plus self-denial. Well, what is it then? Well, it's on your worship guide. The Christian life is this. It's Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He's everything. Last week we looked at Colossians 2.13 that you are complete in Him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Father, thank you for your word and I pray that um, it would be a light, a strength, our guide. And may our eyes and the affections of our hearts be steadfast upon you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We bless you in Jesus' name. 
Amen.